Wait, 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 wait. You don't have a theme song? Then what's with that music? That, what just played? Is that a children's recorder band? As excited as these two guys are right now, I'd rather listen to what does the fox say. Yip, 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 yip. Doctor? Doctor? Doctor. Doctor. Everyone, <laughs> doctor. Welcome <laughs> to Every Man's Guide to Nerddom, where we are two 30 to 40 something year olds who talk about pretty much whatever we want. I'm Chris. I'm Kyle. And you might know us online as Guyver and uh, Kasig and Bronco is uh, what I kind of go by today we actually have a very special guest a friend of the show uh, mr justin who is a huge nerd um he is a huge mystery science theater 3000 fan is if you probably didn't guess what today's episode's about um justin why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself like um your background what your interests are your hobbies your nerdliness <laughs> Well, uh, I was born on August 10th at 4.19 in the morning. Um, is that too much information? No, keep going. This no, is dreaming. We got all night. We can. And, uh, when the nurses came in, they all sang hallelujah and uh, the rest is history. So Who wouldn't? But yeah. I, so, you know, <laughs> that paints an extremely beautiful picture in my, in my mind right now. There's they, lights they slapped and, <laughs> little they cherubs floating around there's a halo <laughs> it's true a halo. uh but yeah oklahoma boy born and raised and so um yeah most of my pop culture nerdum uh came from just basically being raised by a television and loving tv and movies and anything like that and so um in fact um part of the studies and things like that in college revolved around like film. I thought I wanted to do some type of film critic, something or other, but I quickly learned that uh, I needed to make money to live. And so um, mm -hmm. that went out the door pretty quickly. But, uh, but yeah, now I'm uh, teaching English uh, college professor doing that type of stuff. So what's really nice about that is I can infuse anything that I really want into my uh, my lessons. And so it's a daily just infusion of pop culture, whether it's uh, a little clip of this or that. So like this semester, I'm teaching um, intro to lit. And uh, in that I'm bringing in graphic novels and I'm teaching Persophiles and Watchmen in there and, and doing some stuff. So uh, luckily, I've got a job that allows me to really flex my nerdum and be able to uh, have some fun with it too. Where were you when I was in college? Well, I know where you were. I was at your house. I was um, a couple times, but looking as a, <laughs> as a professor, where were you? <laughs> so that yeah. is freaking awesome. But most of my nerdum is, you know, uh, DC. I love DC flash as you could probably tell if you're watching this on YouTube, um, star Wars, um, you know, doctor who, um, Simpsons, South park, you know, just basically anything that makes me laugh or is sci-fi then I am in. Um, so, and that's why Mystery Science Theater is just a natural tie-in for me because not only do you get that sci-fi, but you also have lots of laughing, of course. And so uh, definitely me being here is is an honor. Thank you for, for inviting me and, and something I think I can talk quite a bit on. Well, seriously, thanks for coming. We, um, 
the reason I wanted Justin to introduce himself is because you're going to be hearing a lot more of him. He'll be on more episodes. So we didn't want you to think he's some random stalker. I mean, he kind of is. But we, we want to give you a little sense of um, safety <laughs> before he sweeps in for the kill. You're going to tie in random stalker and safety into that's how you're going to segue? That's exactly <laughs> how I'm going to segue into it safety. Flows. It flows in. Build off that. I if you guys want to be on the show, you know, you can stalk me or Chris anytime. We just, we love the attention. That, that would be super. Yeah. That'd be great. If you just want to stalk us, that'd be that'd super be great. Super. Right so, um, I think I'm looking through, hold on, I'm looking through the notes. I forgot to set up the pickers. So I was doing that while Justin was talking. But I'm looking here, and don't we have a new sponsor today? Uh, yeah, yeah, we do. Um, they came to us. Uh, where did they come to us through? I think we got a uh, a mail in request from this, which is kind of you know odd since we're you know a nerdy type show, and you know snail mail came through. And um, yeah, it looks like. Let me see if I can get this pulled up. We do have a new sponsor for today's episode, and so let's get that to get that to run. Okay. And see, yeah, let's uh, we'll kind of roll to the new sponsor and we'll be right back with you guys. Have you ever gone to the store and gotten funny looks? Have you cleared a room and you think it's how you smell? Do you slowly start turning or going into the corner to sniff your armpits and hope people don't notice? The answer is no, it's not your smell, you're just ugly. Our sponsor today is, hey, fugly paper bags. What you do is rub your hands together first, then shake it, and then with the pre-cuts out, or pre-cuts out slide it over your head, and oh, voila, you are a new person. No, you don't have to fear going out in public and be, and be confident in your smell. This nice. is why we love sponsors. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fugly paper bags. I feel like they found us after seeing the YouTube I think they have. I think it's the uh, it's the over month worth of growth I have on my face that makes me just still look dirty. So I could really use the hey fugly paper bags. I really could. If you have so now, they're probably going to drop you as a sponsor because. If you're not watching this episode, if you're just driving in your in your car listening, you are missing out on some luscious, luscious damn locks. I mean, I am extremely. You know, here we'll just go to I'm the YouTube. So video. jealous right now of what's going on on the bottom <laughs> screen. I mean, yours looks good for a molehill. Yeah, I know. It just it's it's, it's great. It's, I'm gonna cry into my pillow tonight. Is what's gonna happen. I think we're gonna have some sort of a hair plug sponsor maybe next week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's flipping me off. Um, <laughs> I'm getting the death threat. <laughs> um. So with that, Kyle, what's our uh, what are we gonna hit on first? Uh, well, we are um, obviously you know t- today's episode we're talking about Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Um, right. We're each going to talk a little bit about how we got into it, um, uh, a little bit of the history of the show, um, some of the little intricacies of uh, some of the little bits and things that happened during the show in addition to uh, the riffing, um, how the show evolved, how it progressed, um, some of the, the spinoffs and shoot-offs that came off of that, 
and uh, the potential future of Mystery Science Theater. Let and, me uh, preference by saying that this is not going to be the only MST3K episode we're going to do. No. We could, There's going to be a lot. Do, we could probably do episodes over episodes. So, Which we probably will. This is just the... Um, like with a role-playing episode, last week's role-playing episode, this is going to be the kind of... It, it, kind of not really the broad overview, but because we're going to get in depth on some stuff, but it's going to at least introduce you to the show and right. you're going to find out why we love it so much. Mm-hmm. And and why you should love it too. And you better love it. You better love it. Get do it. off our broadcast. Just do, just get, do it. Get, get, get off our broadcast. Get off our broadcast. Get off my so, lawn. Get off our lawn. <laughs> so, Justin, um, why don't you tell us how you came to find the show mystery science theater 3000 what what how did you find it how did you become a fan of it like give us the whole story oh well like i mentioned growing up i loved pop culture and you know anything movies toys music things like that so basically if it was in the zeitgeist then i was all a part of it um and so big part of that was just watching tv watching tv so um flipping through the channels one day uh went across the sci-fi channel and was like what is this show and there was a bunch of people just or i say bunch there was three sitting in that theater making fun of this movie and i was like mind blown because i do that too um and so i was instantly hooked uh with everything uh about it so, um, you know, went out and got VHS tapes. Um, and if anyone needs an explanation of what that is, uh, you know, <laughs> I got the VHS tapes, things like that. And, and the more I watched, the more I loved it because I didn't get like 80% of the jokes. And I loved that part of it too. So I was like, wow, I think it's like smart or something. Because uh, mm-hmm. I was in middle school and, and didn't really get a lot of it. But, um, you know, like many loves in the nerdism genre, um you know it was almost a litmus test of friends hey have you seen this do you want to watch it do you love it and if people were like this is stupid it was typically either a girl i was dumping or someone i never wanted to see again (laughs) it's a really good filter to run (laughs) so uh so yeah basically just kept watching it and and circulating it and then into college um you know started watching the the dvds and, and getting all that and so um probably my favorite memory of watching mst3k was a bunch of friends from high school we got together um after we had gone to college came back a couple years later and i I purchased the movie on vhs and we we sat christmas break watched the movie and it was like the best thing about nerdom it was like we were just right back to where we were you know a couple years previously because we were all just sitting watching laughing so i've got a very warm special place in my heart for mst3k that's awesome. Um, maybe we should have backed up a little bit too before we asked Justin how he got into it to explain what exactly Mystery Science Theater is. Because I just realized we never explained that. Um, no, you should so just you come guys, over, like if you guys have it and you don't know, just come to our house. We'll show you. We we'll show you. We, I guarantee you we all have tons of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the premise is that these... Uh, evil bosses, they're mad scientists, don't like their worker, who could be Joel or Mike or now Emily. Um, we'll get into all those later. 
they don't like them. So they shot them into space to perform an experiment to see what happens when you send and make them, uh, the employee watch the worst rated B movies of all time. And they're trying to monitor his mind. It says, so everything's in the theme song, which is just brilliant. And he can't control where the movie start or stop because he used the parts to make two robots. That's Tom Servo and Crow T robot who riffed the movies with him. Um, I don't know if he made Gypsy and Cambot with that. I think Cambot came maybe with the ship. I don't remember. Sat- the ship's called the Satellite of Love, and they monitor. They do adventure exchanges. Um, awesome premise for a show because the movies are just so terrible. Yes. I mean, do you guys have anything to add to any of that? Um, no, I think you hit that pretty well in the head. I, I'm, I'm thinking Cambot. In Gypsy, Cambot for sure was probably already on there because Cam. I'm assuming Cambot is monitoring the activities on Satellite right. of Love for the Mads below. Um, Gypsy, I don't know. Maybe Gypsy just always has been. I mean, she's just. Ever Any present. thoughts, Justin? That the thought that Gypsy just always has been is probably the deepest thought we're going to hit today. It is. <laughs> uh, we could actually end mm-hmm. it right now if we wanted to. <laughs> thanks <laughs> thank thanks, you <laughs> um so how i got into it was um actually i i want to say i was in middle school and i was over at my friend matt's house and he had some tapes of it and these were recorded off of comedy central because it started off um as a little small thing in minnesota and then went on to Comedy Central. And that's where I learned of it. And then we just started recording tape after tape after tape, the Turkey Day specials, you know, just all the specials. And that's how I really started getting into it. And I just remember watching pod people on um, recorded VHS tape. Um, Mitchell. Um, uh, Mitchell, if you guys aren't watching... There we go. That's a Mitchell shirt. Found in hot merging action, veins clogging. Um, but that's how I really got into it, and it's just been over since then. Like I try to get all the box sets. I've got all the DVDs. Um, now that they started re-releasing them in Blu-ray, I started getting the Blu-rays. So that was really my introduction into them, and I've loved them ever since. And it, it just it's really eye opening to find something like Justin was saying that you do at home, except they do it and way better than you do. Way better. Mm-hmm. Way better. It's just fun. So Kyle, how'd you get into it? Um, kind of same thing as Justin. I think I was roughly middle school and, um, where I lived at like, uh, in my mom's place. Um, at the time, I don't think we had, we don't think we even had satellite then. We lived like way out in the country and we, you know, had to move the rabbit ears and all that shit around. Uh, but when I would go visit my grandma, she had cable, so I could flip through, and and I caught it randomly one day, and and I was like, okay, this is cool, and, and kind of watched a little bit, and and then I think it was maybe a few weeks later, I go visit my dad, and uh, he lived in town, and he had cable, and it came on, it would come on uh, Sunday mornings, if I remember right, and um, and so right. that was like, uh, that's sort of like a really good memory for me was every other Sunday waking up. And uh, then going there and waking Dad up, like, hey, hey, Mr. Science Theater's on. we got to watch it, you know. And we would just, like, make breakfast and sit around and watch whatever 
episode was on at the time. Um, and then I think I had the, we were, I think it was like a Thanksgiving or some family get together. We were at my grandparents' house on my dad's side and, uh, they were playing the mystery science theater movie on, uh, probably comedy central or sci-fi at the time because they had satellite. And, uh, so me and my dad, like, yeah, we got to watch this. So I put it on my grandma and grandpa watched. And I, I remember distinctly the scene uh, in the movie where the plane was like going down. The plane was crashing. So the mystery science theater of the movie. And he had, like has, yes, Justin knows what I'm talking about. He has the, the joystick and he's like wiggling around. So all you see is his crotch and my- the joystick for the airplane. And it's wiggling. And they're like, should we be seeing this? And I'm trying to figure out if I should laugh or not because my grandparents are there. And I had my grandma behind me. I hear her just cracking up laughing. <laughs> and that grandma's like basically Kitty Foreman. And so I hear that Kitty Foreman laugh behind me and she is losing it. And, uh, and so, you know, I watched it a lot then. I watched it some in college. I went and, and got one box set, which I still have to this day, which is volume four that has uh, Space Mutiny and overdrawn at the memory bank memory bank yep is and that the girl in gold boots too merlin's yep. uh shop if i remember right i, I think that? hamlet's on this one so, hamlet hamlet i think let's hamlet's look it up real quick <laughs> he's just gonna go just gonna off go get shelf. it yeah mine are buried underneath a whole bunch of stuff so i can't yep, look, be that <laughs> look at that i think oh, it's the red one give me just a second because now, now Look we at that. see. Oh my God, he's freaking nerd flexing on us right now. I will do. I will. Oh. Uh, I will have why, to find all mine just to. Why could we not record this that. at his place? Look at all that. We wouldn't have got anything done. We would have been going through okay, all that. Okay, space. I know. Space mutiny, overdrawn at the memory bank, girl in gold boots, and Hamlet. Yep. Okay, so which one did you want me to look at? Good. Got <laughs> four. It's. A, I'm pretty sure it's at the bottom of your stack. <laughs> it's a red case. Actually, I think I'm it saying. is at the bottom. There you go. So for those listening, I am doing the dick move of pulling out all of mine. So Girl in the Gold Boots, <laughs> called it, Overdrawn the Memory Bank, and Space Mutant. Which, yep. four is a great set to start with. If you're so, starting mm-hmm. anywhere, that's probably one of my favorite. Overdrawn at the Memory Bank is a classic that has Raul mm-hmm. Ju- the late, great Raul Julia in it. <laughs> so good. So, and yeah. I think it was like a TV movie in like Canada or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I've that's got some right. stuff on on Canadian Mystery Science Theater and hey, and, and celebrities in episodes and, and things. But yeah, that's that's how I got into it. And then did the same thing when I got to college. I, like I had that one box set, and that's all I had. And then um, some allegedly uh, nefariously acquired copies of episodes that uh, we would watch all the time. So I introduced my roommates, and like uh, still to this day, you know, I can, I can call my old roommate Frank and. Uh, I'd be like, you know, you got anything, you know, what's, what's going on? You got anything going this weekend? He's like, I got my dad's enforcer for the weekend. <laughs> you know, it's been, you know, 15 years since we lived together, but we still, you know, that's the thing. We still quote it to each other. And, and uh, I try to just like watch whenever I can now. That's awesome. Um, I'll still call my friend, one of my buddies randomly and just go, we're on a collision course to wackiness and just hang up on him. <laughs> one of my college roommates um anytime we're talking he'll say something and i'll be like it's <laughs> we just rewatched pod people too it stinks <laughs> so yeah there's 
man, endlessly quotable, but especially if you got friends that that love it too. I mean, endlessly quotable. So much fun. Idiot control now. <laughs> yeah, I've got just from going back and thinking about episodes and things that I watched, I've got the Master Ninja theme song stuck in my head <laughs> again. Because that was another thing with another roommate. Like, he would just, like, randomly and? call me at 2 o'clock in the morning after he was drunk. And, like, just all I would get was a message, like, Master Ninja theme song. Duh, 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 and then just, like, hang up really fast. <laughs> I love Master Ninja. And um, if you all haven't caught on yet, we're going to quote the shit out of this show the whole mm-hmm. time. Yes. So if you don't know what we're talking about, you need to... Do yourself a favor and start catching up. You mm-hmm. did on uh, the Pluto. There's an entire channel dedicated to it on Pluto uh-huh. TV, and it's free. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, Twitch also runs it nonstop is, too. Is yeah. So this episode is not sponsored by Pluto TV or Twitch. But yeah. if you all want to pay us to do it, we will. We yeah. will. Yeah. I don't think these face bag things are really going to pan out. So no, I don't think they are either. Um. So let's get into the history of MST3K. Uh, it started off as it was produced by Joel, Joel, Hog, uh, Joel Hogson, uh, and Best Brains Inc. Um, the show premiered on KTMA, um, which is now WUCW in Minneapolis, Minnesota, on November 24th, 1988. Um, then the next year, 1989, it got picked up by Comedy Central and it ran for seven seasons before it just got ultimately cut in 1996 mm-hmm. which i'm sure that was devastating for all of us mm-hmm. uh joel started off as a comedian and he was one of the hot new comedians and he actually got offered a job a pilot with michael j fox and i want to say it was nbc i might be getting this wrong but he didn't think the script was funny enough he said you know i can do this a lot better in the very sleepy non-excited joel voice Mm-hmm. Um, deadpan you know, I, yeah deadpan I can do this better <clears throat> and that's when he started writing mystery science theater um, and that's just some of the a little bit of the history of it because then he brought on um, as the writers there was uh, let's see J Elvis Weinstein who played yeah. Dr. Larry I, was it Larry he went by, or did he go by Lawrence or Larry? I it was Earnhardt. I think it was Lawrence, right? Yeah, I think it was. Um, and he was also the original voice of Tom Servo. Um, I forgot there's been some iterations and changes there. There's been a lot of iterations. He was he was one of the early writers with it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm talking about the is, voices for Servo. And- oh, yeah. There's been three voices for Servo. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Two. And then two for Crow. Um, let's go through the. So we went through that. Um, let's go through the cast real quick so people know who we're talking about. First, you okay. have Joel. Joel was the original um, employee that they shot into space. He's the one who created the bots. He's the original riffer. He is the show's creator. Um, you guys jump in, just start naming characters and explaining about them. <laughs> you can put us on spot now. I am gonna put you, you on did. the spot, damn it. <laughs> you were doing such a good job. I was just listening. Mesmerized. 
Uh, well, you have to go with with Tom Servo and Crow after, mm. after George, because those are, of course, the main main people. So the two robots that are on stuck on the satellite love. Mm -hmm. uh, so Kevin Murphy, I know, was uh, Tom Servo, um, or the Tom Servo that I know. Let's say. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Crow has actually been a couple of different people, mm -hmm. um, but I think uh, Bill Corbett. Uh, was the original or one that I can't remember if he was the original in the one that I'm used to, or uh, but there's also um, I wrote it down Trace Blue. There you go. Yep. Um, and so it's really hard to talk about anything in ST3K without really getting into those guys too, because they also helped to write, they also voice, and, and were so mm -hmm. in the show. So uh, Bill Corbett was number two. He was the one who took over because Trace was the original Crow who was also Dr. Forrester. When Dr. Forrester went off the show, that was the end of Crow's voice. So that's why they had to switch. Mm -hmm. There you go. And, and so then Forrester went off. Um, is that when Pearl came on? Mm hmm. But who was, was with Forrester first? Who was with Forrester Turn, first? Turned into energy. Frank? Yep. TV is yep. Frank. So yeah, Frank was, and I'm I'm one that was never a huge Mads fan, mm -hmm. um, and so, and we'll talk more about that when you know here in a mm -hmm. bit. But so I I didn't pay as much attention to them as as I did Joel, Michael, or and Mike, and then uh, you know the robots and all of that. But yeah, right. it was always pretty funny, even though I didn't really like the Mads that much. I really liked Frank. Oh, Frank is amazing. What I found is I think you have like two people when you had you have two types of people when they when they watch Mystery Science Theater. You have the people that they're going to watch from, you know, uh, when the opening uh, crawl rolls until the end of the credits. And they're going to watch all the mad scenes and all the, the bits and everything. And you have the people that are going to skip all that. And like, I just want to watch the movies and I just want to hear these guys riff and and make fun of it, which I'm, you know, I want to watch all of it. But uh, mm -hmm. I kind of try to judge the audience that I'm introducing it to. Like, maybe that's a little much for me. Because, you know, you usually have a good, what, 15 minutes lead-in time before you actually get to the movie. And you're like, no, no, I, I promise, I promise. This is, like, this is the funny part when they're going to get to watch the movie, you know. And, and when they, they see the intro, it's like, this isn't anything like what you were telling me about at all. It's like, just go with it, and you'll you'll get in the flow of it. Yeah, but, for, uh, for those neophytes that aren't familiar. So Mads, when we say Mads, it means Mad Scientist. Yes. And thank you. Thank you. Um, the, the episodes are set to where if you haven't watched it in MST3K, it's not just the movie and it's that's it. But you have a storyline that goes with whoever is stuck there with the robots, the mad scientists making them do something. So it's not just the movie. It's intersected with other things going on to give it more of a robust, if you will, entertainment. Um, and so if you're not familiar, that's what we're talking about. Thank you, Justin. That's actually, that was, that was, I didn't even think about explaining yet. that yet. I'm, I'm tearing up a little. <laughs> Werewolf? Tharwolf? Wait, is that uh, Mr. Sinister? I thought that was uh, Young Frankenstein. Werewolf. There was... Werewolf. Therewolf. Therewolf. <laughs> Therewolf. Um, and then you introduced Pearl, so go ahead with the Pearl explanation. Okay, so Pearl was actually, I want to make sure I get this right, she was the grandmother? Nope. Is that was her uh, mother? 
of Clayton, grandmother of King. Um, okay, so uh -huh. King becomes Doctor Forster. Yeah, so she was the mother of Doctor Forster. I liked Pearl. Um, oh, I love Pearl personally. She may have been out of, I think, all the Mads. Pearl might have been my favorite. There's a few episodes where there's some, you know, a little cringy, but that that all of them had some cringy moments with the with the bits and the Mads and yeah and things like that. But uh, yeah, she was played by Mary Jo Pell. Mm -hmm. And let's see, when did she pop in? Originally, would have been season seven. So she didn't come along until um, a little over halfway through the run. And I think when Pearl came along, that's when uh, we had Bobo and Brain Guy mm -hmm. um, pop in very shortly after. And and, uh, and Bobo and Brain Guy were both characters from two of the movies. <laughs> might I add? She also wrote um, as well. And so whenever, if you watch see them on um on tour and things like that you'll sometimes see uh mary joe on the uh, on the tour riffing with them and things like that so yep she is Mo good most of the cast on this show were also writers i'm gonna add to because they weren't a huge production team no no, you, um, could, you could tell like some of the bits and scenes they probably pulled the catering guy over like hey we're gonna throw this wig on you because we need you to do you know, something random really quick. Um, you know, I think, uh, what was it in, um, uh, Space Mutiny when they had Mike Downs, the accountant, in the, <laughs> the mad scene. Like, you could tell, like, that guy, you know, he wasn't an actor because he's, he, he can't keep from cracking up, like, half the time through it. So, it, like Chris said, it wasn't a, it wasn't a big production. That was, you know, just dudes and gals around the, the set that they had to pull in for a lot of, different random things. Mm -hmm. So, and then you also have um, Bridget Jones, who is also known as anyone know this one? Uh, the person that writes diaries. Yes. She, she does have a diary. Justin for the win. Oh no. What else? <laughs> oh, I'll be damn. Hold on now, I'm uh, now I'm, I'm scrolling through the wiki now because you guys have perked interest here a little bit. She was she played some characters on the show. You get anyone? Bridget, Bridget Jones? Jones Nelson. She's married to oh, married to Mike. Mike. They've been married a long, long time. She was also one of the writers for the show. I and, did not know that. Uh, she and um. Mary Jo were on Cinematic Titanic, and um, they're two very, very funny ladies. Um, so it, we'll get into Cinematic cinematic Titanic also. But everyone on this show was just, in my opinion, just brilliant. You know, some of the jokes are hit or miss. You know, it's yeah. like any any comedy thing. But a lot of the stuff, when it hits you, it just hits you hard like mm -hmm. some jokes you cannot stop laughing at like we'll we'll take mitchell for example the shirt i was wearing one of the jokes on there is they're driving onto um the highway this is joe don baker we'll get into joe don baker later too they're getting onto the highway and they're sitting here i mean they're riffing the hell out of this they're going wow they might hit speeds up to 35 miles an hour because it is the slowest chasing scene you've ever seen even uses and, <laughs> yeah and he uses his blinker they go that's nice of him yeah <laughs> being chased and then as he's getting on from the um 
merging ramp, they go hot merging action. And like, I remember the first time I ever heard that and I just died. Um, Mitchell will be its own episode because Mitchell's a good cop. Yes. He's a good cop. Justin will be back for that one. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Yes. I think um, like that was when I was watching MST3K, the movie with the friends that I referenced earlier and uh, they unpacked the interoceter and there's all these parts everywhere. And so the nerdy scientist guy is like, Oh, there's a thousand nine ninety nine. <laughs> and it just like, every time you take a walk, they would make a sound. And I like, for some reason in the moment i couldn't breathe i was laughing so hard because it just was this on-running joke and i'm a sucker for on-running jokes uh yeah. so. one thing i've caught from watching like there's a lot of um especially i guess from the time frame that those episodes record like i said late 80s into early 90s you know i was um you know when it was in its prime i was like what 12 13 years old so there's a lot of pop culture references that i didn't get like, I don't know this person they're referencing, but you would still laugh because of their delivery. Like, how they said it, you would have no clue what the hell the joke was about, what they said, the person they're talking about, nothing, but you would still laugh your ass off because their delivery was so on point and the timing was so good that you just you found yourself laughing at shit that you had no idea what was going on. So I think that's what probably one of the biggest challenges today is going to be for people who are... Uh, we, I, I don't have to, we don't have to worry about any of the younger crowd listening to this podcast because, well, frankly, Justin, we looked at the demographics and we definitely have a demographic and it's between, what <laughs> was it, 34 and like 45, I think. Yeah, like 66% male, age 34 to 45. So like us. Yeah. <laughs> like we're, which, you know, we're oh, pro- cool. but we do have a female base over and over again. But. Which is amazing. Thank you, ladies. We re- mm-hmm. really appreciate you. Yep. Um. As a thank you, next YouTube uh, and podcast, Chris is going to go with his shirt off the entire time, just as a thank you for you. Guys. We know we want them to continue to listen and watch. That's the thank you. I, I might go pantsless with pasties. We'll be with pasties. With pasties. Well, we weren't doing that this week. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Take I them the off. <laughs> Put them back on. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I don't even know what we're talking. Oh, <laughs> so the um, the younger crowd, if you go rewatch some of these earlier episodes, it might be harder for you to get the references. Like Kyle was saying, I don't get some of the references. Like they were talking and Mitchell. We'll go back to Mitchell because I'm wearing the shirt. They were talking about Johnny Mathis because this guy apparently looks like a singer named Johnny Mathis. I've never heard Johnny Mathis when I watched Mitchell for the first time. I have later in life, not when I was, you know, 14, but, but it was just hilarious the way that they did it. Yeah. Just the, the delivery. Rewarding parts of the show too, is that you can watch it at any age and then watch it again, like two years later, five years later, whatever. And it's almost a new movie because you start getting so many more of those jokes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, now oh, I got it. And so it, it keeps you, I guess reinventing itself if that's a thing like Weird Al. Uh, yeah, there you go. So it's it's my thing. One of the beauties is that you don't get a lot of it maybe that first time, but that second time you get a little bit more. Third time, and then once you get some age and maturity on you like that, really handsome demographic of this uh, podcast, <laughs> then yeah, it makes he's sense. not lying. If you guys are listening, you need to find the YouTube channel. It's uh, 
We yeah. average out to one handsome man. <laughs> so three fourths, one. So so can yeah. I ask you? I'm a quarter of a man. Host <laughs> of the hosts. Who who is your favorite? Like cast member. Well, I would say okay. Yeah, let's do cast member or host. We're doing the Mike Joel debate. So, and I guess we can throw Joey in there too. We haven't gotten to that just yet, but uh, but yeah, who's your favorite overall? It could be host or cast member. That's really hard. I mean, I'm a- I'm partial to Joel because that's the time frame I started watching it, and that's where I caught the most of it. But as I went, I mean, I've, I've grown to appreciate. Uh, or excuse, I'm 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 partial to to uh, to Mike. But as I went back and, and started rewatching it, you know, Joel really kind of resonates with me a little bit more. I, I started, like, at first I didn't get his sense of humor. And dry. now as I go back and watch it more, and like, okay. Oh, very dry. Yeah. 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 So, so, what do you think? That's a really tough one because I love both of them. I love Joel and Mike. But I'm an original, you know, I watched it from the you know, the OG original generation. So I'm going to have to lean a little bit more towards Joel because I like his dry sense of humor. I like his sleepy demeanor and just the way he just delivers stuff. But don't get me wrong. I love Mike. I love Mike with all my heart. But I think if I was forced to choose, I would lean a little bit more towards Joel Mm. just because I love his delivery and, you know, and he's the creator. Mm Mm-hmm. He's he's kind of he's kind of my guy, and he's the first he's the first host that I've ever seen. So, what about you? Well, uh, sad to say, you both are wrong. The correct answer is Captain Picard. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it was right there in front of you. And now I'm, I, <laughs> it you know, was there the whole time. <laughs> Damn it! I think where you come in, I, I see the host as kind of like the doctor. Uh, where you come into the show, I think that's your favorite. And so Mike was always my favorite because that's where I came into the show. But as you talked about, um, going back and watching Joel, it's like, okay, now I, I understand a little bit more of his delivery and his his demeanor throughout that, uh, which when I was younger, I really didn't get that that really dry wit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, oh, definitely. But um but yeah, if if I was going for a host, I would definitely say Mike, and then anything in the cast, I would go with Gypsy and Servo. So those nice. two. For some reason, I was never a Crow fan, even though he's funny. Uh, I think it's one of those things where I was just like, you know what, Servo all the way. Servo, because you know I'm stupid. So if if I had to go with the bots, I would go with Servo also, just because Kevin Murphy and his singing voice, just the random songs he would bust out into. Loved him. And then I'm a big Pearl fan too. Like I love Pearl, just her delivery and just like, just the way she pulls off that meme, that queen of mean. I love Pearl. I love her Winnebago. So. I do love the Winnebago. I forgot about that. <laughs> I would say like, she chases now the bots. I think I like, I like Servo, you know, quite a bit because he was more mobile. Like a lot of the scenes and stuff, you know, Crow's kind of stuck to the chair, but Servo would be, you know, you'd have those few episodes where he was just all over the place. And uh, I'm giving Servo points just just due to mobility. I'll tell you on that. No, go ahead, Justin. 
was just going to ask, did it ever weird you guys out whenever you're watching and it looked like Crow was looking actually back at you? But yes, illusion. yes, with those dead eyes. Yeah. So that's oh, a danger about Crow. But yeah, whenever you watch any of the shows, you'll see him like look forward, but the way that his head is shaped, it actually looks like he's looking back at you. Um, and then you don't know until he turns like sideways that it's like, oh, so it's a. No, I'll never be able to unsee it. Yeah, yeah I just thought you could see Kyle's eyes. <laughs> it hit him. Now he's going to go back and watch us and he's going to go. <laughs> am, am I being riffed? Are they looking? <laughs> Maybe. So I'll tell you one of my favorite parts, one of my favorite episodes was I want to say, was it Prince of Space? It's with all the Kins. Mm. And the guy, they go, does he have cotton balls in his mouth? Because he had the big old cheeks. And then every time he'd come on screen, Joel would stand up and just start like rubbing his cheeks, <laughs> like every single scene. And I just remember losing it every single time. Like it's that's that's the kind of humor I love, though. It always blew my mind whenever they started interacting with the actual screen. And I was like, oh, that's genius. Yeah. <laughs> Do something. Yeah. Take try to take something away from or block or do. This yep. Like, oh, that's genius. Why didn't I? Yeah. And they when they start yelling, no, and covering it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Um. So we're going to a roundabout way again. Um. This is why we have talking points because we're going to eventually come back to them. Um. So we're going to talk about the Mads. So. The history of the Mads comes from. Hold on, I got to find that web page again because I think I got off of it. Um, it's actually really interesting how Joel came up with it. Uh, you guys talk about something while I try and find this again. Damn it! I think we should talk. All right, good talk. All right, we got it. <laughs> How's your day? How's the weather? Manly Chris looks without a beard. That's what we should talk about. <laughs> Yeah, this this is uh, I've been growing about as long as Chris has been growing his. <laughs> oh shit! You get to well, this point. You know, if there's anything, there's not enough uh, bearded white guys or uh, bearded, you know, Asian men on the internet. So I'm no, not at all. At, there's a reason for that. As yeah. uh, as three bearded men in our mm-hmm. demographic of 34 to 45. Yeah, I think I think I'm really helping fill that void of uh, chubby bearded white guys on the internet that's been empty for so so long. It was a vacuum almost. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so I can't find the stupid page, but well, so we'll basically go over it. So every mystery science theater show is 90 minutes, no more, no less. Um, and the Mads were again and the ones who shot Joel and Mike into space because they didn't like them to run the experiments. You started off with Lawrence and Dr. Forrester. And then it became Dr. Forrester and TV's Frank. And then TV's Frank ended up, uh, Torgo, I believe, came and took him into space, took him and turned Frank into pure energy. Is how Frank left the show. So every time someone left the show, they had this huge send off. They had to figure out some way to get them off the show. When Joel left the show, um, they found an escape pod in a box of crackers, I believe. Um, 
I could be wrong on that, but I believe that's what it was. And Joel went off. And so they shot Mike into space. Um, on the Mitchell episode. Yeah, it was the Mitchell. It was the end of the Mitchell episode, wasn't it? And then Mike's first episode was the brain that wouldn't die, I believe. Yeah. Um, so once Frank left, that's when they introduced. Pearl. That's Pearl. Hey, good job, Kyle. Yeah, I found the webpage. So. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you go on from there then. And uh, so you had uh, Doctor Forster and Pearl both in season seven. Uh, Pearl came on in season seven, uh, rolled into season eight, and let's see. Season eight's where they started on sci-fi. Sci-fi ended up picking them up. Sci-fi, and then uh, Bobo and Brain Guy came in. Let's see if it was in season eight. It was between season eight and season ten. Um. Is uh, Pearl's kind of, uh, you know, kind of slapstick lackeys that you know couldn't do anything right. Uh, the the extra like like they needed more comedic relief. There was more comedic relief with uh, Bobo and Brain Guy, um, and they were around from season eight through ten. Um, season ten was the final season before the reboot, if I'm correct. That sounds right. Um, and then you had the Netflix reboot with Kinga Forrester, who would have been the daughter of Dr. Forrester, granddaughter of Pearl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Max, who was uh, TV's son of TV's Frank. Yep. And yep. Max was played by who, Chris? That was Patton Oswald. And Kinga Justin was? Lisa Day. Felicia Day, Nerd Kryptonite. Is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, do I lose my nerdin card if I tell you that I'm not a huge fan of hers? And Justin, it was great having you on the episode. Uh, thanks for playing. Not a huge fan of her on the show, or just in general? In general, I don't know what it is. Uh, she was amazing in Buffy. Well, Buffy, okay. Buffy, she was good. Supernatural, she's good. Yeah. yeah. I'm wondering why I even think. You know, I'll I'll really look into. You come back to that because uh, there will be we're doing an we're doing an episode on Buffy. Oh, sweet! Oh, I'm gonna struggle so hard on that one. That's fine. You you fine. can just reference the Christy Swanson movie and yeah. then I'll just, I'll just be the guy that head. looks looks shit up that episode. So <laughs> it's like I really like the episode with the vampire. Clickety clickety. There was some vampires. And there was yeah something about Hellmouth. Pee Wee was around for a little bit, I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I just wrapped. I mean, I, I should have saved that. Now I've got nothing. <laughs> so. And I'm spent. And I'm spent. Well, it's a good thing I gave you access to an account that has all seasons of Buffy in it too. I've got more homework now than I did when I was in college. You're I'm, welcome. Ah, oh, so much stuff. So much stuff. I'm, so I'm semi-kept up. I've got it like so a C. Kind of. So, Justin, I know you said you're not a big fan of the Mads. But out of all the Mads, who are your favorites and why? Well, I would say probably Pearl um, and then Bobo after that. So I liked Pearl because she was funny. And she also, believe it or not, even though for those that aren't familiar with it, the Mads 
were pretty much a one-dimensional character that were just there. But mm-hmm. Burl actually had an arc to her story. Actually, uh, she did, didn't she? So I think that was pretty interesting to have. Um, and then Bobo, um, I've always been a, a huge Planet of the Apes fan. <laughs> and so uh, seeing a, a planet, a pseudo Planet of the Apes that looked like the Charlton Heston version of Planet of the Apes was kind of fun. Because again, you know, sci-fi, I mean, Mm-hmm. And so having it, uh, another weird nerdum sci-fi piece into this huge overall nerdum sci-fi piece was just brilliant. Uh, so I'd say those were probably my two things. What about you? Kyle? Um, I just, I like Pearl. I like Pearl a lot. Uh, her delivery was good. Um, her facial expressions went, like, she didn't try to sell it too hard. Like, she wasn't too far over the top, like, occasionally, maybe a little bit, but um, she played the part, like, really well. She was the, you know, she she had a great delivery. She had great timing. Um, I loved anything that, with her in it. Brain guy, maybe not so much. Brain guy kind of brought me down a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not a brain guy fan. You know, he, he was there. He served his purpose. I'm not going to talk bad on him but I, I i would rather just you know more or less bring guy so i am a, like you guys already heard i'm a big pearl fan i love pearl just like everything mentioned above and what i talked about before she's just a great character and her delivery is just amazing mm-hmm. and i'm a big frank fan too like i should rephrase that i'm a big tv's frank fan um just because i love the way that TV's Frank did his lines delivered just kind of the high nasally way he talked sometimes just, I just, I love Frank, everything about Frank. He actually is extremely act. I'm part of a mystery science theater group on Facebook and he's actually pretty active in that. That's cool. Um, Yeah, it's really cool. And um, fun fact. So uh, another one of my favorite episodes is uh, Manos, the hands of fate the daughter of the master who was the little annoying girl in the manos. Um, it's like kitty come here. No. Um, she is actually in the group also. What? And she's active and I've gotten to, she liked a couple of my comments and I was like so happy, but she's written a book about her dad and her time on manos, which I that's that's on my bucket list of one of the things to read. But um, yeah, she's actually in the group. So you just never know who's going to show up in these mystery science theater groups, like who's fans, who's not, you know, um, and just who you may meet just just out of the blue. Like I would have never thought that I'd get to talk to her or, you know, see Frank in our group, someone who I've grew up watching on TV. I think that's one of the best things about the writers, the cast, the crew, all of that is that watching the show uh, and especially watching interviews and things like that, they are genuinely good, funny people that love their fans. And so, uh, I mean, and really it just shows through the writing, it shows through the production, it shows through everything that they may not have very much money, but they're going to put everything into it because they love it as much as we love it. And they love it as much as we love them. And it's, it's, such a cool dynamic whenever you do get to see 
interviews with them or if you go to a live taping or something like that it's it's such a cool dynamic um you know they say never meet your heroes but in this case man it was really cool to, to see them live and then do a lot of that because they were the actual people that i thought they were which is awesome Kyle? Kind of talking about them doing it live and chris has some stuff in here um about the uh the process and like the the time commitment that they had to be able to kick these episodes out you know you get you get the you're watching you're thinking you know they're doing this in a one-off kind of take thing uh which obviously they're either able to do or you know they they have it well, really well rehearsed for the live shows i still haven't got to see a live show that's that's on my list uh to go do it was amazing and i'll talk about that in a little bit but tell us a little bit about the process chris and, and what you found through your your research <laughs> So they had to watch these shitty movies for hours and hours and hours and hours. Like, um, like what was it? Uh, Pee Wee's big adventure when he keeps going hand over hand over. That was their process pretty much because you know, sometimes I, I saw a uh, interview with them where they were talking. Sometimes the jokes would just come like that, just with a snap. But then like, wait, what part was that at? So they'd have to rewind, go back, watch it again. They'd have to write down parts, uh, um, times, so they knew exactly what point in time to do the joke at. So when I was researching all this, like they they said on average they could spend what did that article say? Like up to six hours on like a two hour movie. Just writing the jokes. That's not doing the delivery or anything else. So, and then if you think about how many seasons and how many episodes they did, that's hundreds of thousands of hours, just dedicating yourself to your craft and your craft Mm -hmm. is riffing movies. And it's just amazing. Um, on how they had to do this. Like, I mean, would you guys be able to do that? Like, I know Justin, you said you'd sit around and you'd riff these movies, but would you be able to sit around and say, okay, I'm going to write this out. I'm going to make a career out of this. No, I, I definitely wouldn't. My riffing is like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, to actually put, you know, words and sentences together that make sense and are funny well above me. Um, so I'm, I bow down and, and as they got used to their craft and perfecting it, like you said, like it just got funnier and funnier and funnier. Um, and so the, the early episodes are definitely funny. Uh, but I think when they really hit their stride, you know, season six, season seven, I mean, mm-hmm. golden episode after golden episode, it's just amazing. So let's talk about that. What episode for you really showed that they polished their craft? What was the episode that resonated with you that said, they got their shit together. This is awesome. Ooh. You can take a minute, Kyle. Do you know? Oh, that that's tough because I didn't. Wa- I've I've haven't watched things like in order. Um, right. You know, I, I just grab them when I can watch them, and still, you know, the the probably two that just really stand out to me that were were great and they're from you know different levels were you know the the all-time great space mutiny and um final sacrifice with uh rouse dower the canadian rambo oh, yeah. uh, 
there's, do you think there's beer on the sun? <laughs> Roused hour. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> the, those two. It's a hard line for me to draw between between those two. Um, but I'm still going. I just because it's my favorite. I'm sticking with Space Mutiny. I think like Mitchell's the first one that saw that had a recognizable person. Everything I'd seen up to that, I was like, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. And I'd seen Joe Don Baker before. And it was, you know, a, a gritty 70s crime drama with no crime or drama. Uh, so it was basically just a gritty 70s Joe Don Baker running around. Um, <laughs> that's the one that really just like, I was like, okay, this from start to finish was really good. Uh, but I think personally, the one that that really, um, really made besides uh, Mitchell was probably Pod People um, that I just laughed the entire time. And the the jokes, the songs that they parodied everything in there, it was just perfection. Um, and there's a couple others that are on my favorite list. But but I think um, yeah, Pod People, I think, is the one that I hold up as, like, this is the mount. This is a perfection. That's your trophy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Trumpy, you can do stupid things. Um, for the uh, for the people that aren't aware of what Pod People is, picture, like, E.T., if E.T. had, like, a bloodlust for people and an even worse vocabulary. Um, and, <laughs> that would be Trumpy. The, uh, that's in and, and an elephant mated with E.T. <laughs> it's it is a um, it's a foreign flick. I don't know where exactly it's from, but it is just awful. Like the like one of the favorite quotes from there is Joel, like the schmuckers jelly. When he's talking about that, they're going to this cave and like they have a cat in there and the little kid's like, naughty kitty. And they, they one of them yells out, you must be spanked. Like, it's just the delivery is just amazing. And Justin, you named the two that I would pick. It would be Mitchell and Pod People probably is the polished one for me. Um, And then, you know, you got Final Sacrifice. There's a, there's just so many you can pick. But I would say for me also Pod People just from start to finish is like, man, they've got their shit together. They really know what they're talking about. And they're, they're just on, this makes me want to watch more. So are there any others? So we mentioned Menos hands of fate. We mentioned space mutiny, um, final sacrifice, uh, Mitchell Ma master ninja, master ninja overdrawn at the memory bank. Oh yeah. That's a good um, the one oh. that I can't ever remember the name of, and it is, well, I think we were going to get to what made us laugh the hardest. I think you guys talked about it before. I still cannot remember the episode. And Chris has to remind me every time I bring it up. Um, I, I remember it being a black and white movie they were watching and they were on a, it was like a country setting. It was a, a guy and a girl. I think, I think the guy was like a hitchhiker that ended up on the farm. He's with the farmer's daughter and they're walking and, and she's telling him about, you know, that it's a farm and all this. And, and, uh, he's like, what, you know, what kind of, she's like, it's a ranch. And, and he's like, well, what kind of ranch is it? And she says, well, it's an acorn ranch. And then they riff him, well, how many head of acorn do you have around here? And that was probably the hardest laugh I ever got. And I still can't remember which freaking one that was. It bugs me to this day. I've been told like seven or eight times. And This is going to bug Justin now. <laughs> actually, I'm trying to remember what it is. Doing my mental Rolodex and actually looking down, I'm like, oh, 
I want to say that's the one. Was that the not touch of Satan? No, that's one. Yeah, of my I think it may have been. Was that touch of Satan? No, touch of Satan isn't isn't black and white. Uh, that, that one was in color. Yeah, it's the classic story of you know boy meets girl, girl invites boy back home. Oh, that's boy funny. ends up selling his soul to Satan to plower, but with Indy's <laughs> uh, feathered hair. Uh, <laughs> so you know, it's that was definitely one of my favorites too. Is Touch of Satan. <laughs> I love touching. That's one I haven't um, seen in a long time. Kyle's gonna be looking this up now till he finds I'm, I'm it. I'm looking it up. I'm trying to use all of my see, powers of Google food right now. Mystery well, I can see how many head of Justin's. Acorns. I can see Justin's wheels turning too. He's trying to think of it. So I'll tell you another one of my all-time favorites is Gamera with Kenny and how much they hate that little kid. We hate you, Kenny. And Kenny kept going around going Gamera. Ah, there it is. I love that box set. Eleven. Um, for those twenty-one, listening, because uh, I can't do Roman numerals apparently. <laughs> <laughs> of MST3K uh, Gamera, but the cool thing is, is that they actually come with really cool artwork that's on the inside. Yep. Ooh. Yep. Um, uh, movies that are extremely frameable because they're just they look like the '50s style. Um, they're like tiny movie posters. Yeah, yeah they're but, awesome. Doing servo in each of them, and so it's those are definitely cool. I did find. Oh, I wish I would have brought those out. Um, there was a promotion, and I got like ten of the Mystery Science Theater little squishy balls that mm. look like the logo. Um, I wish I would have thought to bring those out. But yeah, Gamera is one of my all-time favorites too, as well as um, Puma Man mm. or Puma Man. <laughs> Uh, I would say Time Chasers is also on my list. Yes. Yeah. Because you, you have a, a nerdy college professor that basically with a mullet um, and tries to make a, or doesn't try, does actually makes a time vehicle with a single prop engine playing somehow uh, and basically makes Ashton Kutcher's butterfly effect look like a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, side note, I think one reason why is that the uh, having a college professor as a, a an action hero star protagonist is extremely realistic. And I just want to add that. Uh, it is. Most college professors are just... They're dreamy. Anna Jones. So... Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So, no. And mostly in Tulsa. <laughs> so, side note on Time Chasers... They found out that Mystery Science Theater was going to do an episode on them, and they were so happy about it because the the star was also the director and the writer. And they were just they had this big party, got the cast together, and they thanked them, they thanked them, and then the episode aired, and they weren't quite as happy after. Oh god. And then they ended up riffing it live too for um riff tracks. Well, one of the first lines, Crow comes in and says, Joel, tell me this isn't the hero. Tell me. Because <laughs> yeah. director and star. So it just goes downhill from there. It's it's <laughs> great. If you haven't seen Time Chasers, that's a good one, too. Um, Something you're talking about the, the studios um, either being behind it or not being behind it. Mm-hmm. And I actually had read this earlier today um, when I was doing some of my homework. You know, Chris assigns me that the uh, the whole reason that a sequel to Hobgoblins was made was because <laughs> of Mystery Science Theater. And it was actually 
the uh, you know it was a directed DVD film, but it was released by Shout Factory. So Hobgoblins. The, the yeah that that's what pushed it forward. You know, people wanted more apparently for some reason. So uh, I could have done without more Hobgoblins. Um. So interest another interesting fact, flash fact. Um, flash fact for those of you who like DC. Um, uh oh, Justin's gonna pull out something. Flashback, nice flashback. <laughs> uh, one within reach at all times. What? <laughs> it's better Joe to have Don a flash Baker. and not need it than need a flash and not have flash. it. So, oh, <laughs> <Aww. laughs> um, Joe Don Baker actually has to this day a standing death threat against the show what? because of Mitch, because they riffed mittens because Mittens was a good cop. They riffed it so hard, he has a standing death threat to the show. <laughs> which I find amazing. Um, not scary in the least. No, not at all. <laughs> Mitchell, was, Mitchell was drunk a lot. Uh, you can get drunk on Schlitz? <laughs> yeah, you get Schlitz-faced. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a cup? <laughs> What's that? Um, so yeah, interesting flashback. So now we get into the reboot. The reboot was done and anyone have that pulled up by chance? Cause I can't remember off the top of my head. Reboot would have been seasons 11 through 12 season 11 released April 14th of 2017 on Netflix. Well, that was, or was that the, well, I guess that would have been reboot. That's the gauntlet basically, right? The gauntlet was season two of the reboot. Right. So they just call it. Okay. Yeah, so that so, was uh, 2017. So just a short, short time ago. So it was called The Return, MST3K The Return. Um, and that was rebooted with, um, why can I, why am I blanking right now? Uh, the one with Felicia Day and Patton Oswalt and is it uh, Jonah Ray? Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, Baron Vaughn and who is the other one? I'm blanking. I swear I had all these down and now I'm blanking on this. Anyways, they rebooted the series and for fans like us, it was phenomenal news because we'd gone for years without true mystery science theater. Um. When we get into the 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 sprout offs of the show, you know, that was there, but it just wasn't mystery science theater. If you don't have the Mads, you don't have the theme song. So it was it was great. Um, what did you guys think of the reboot? Did did you both watch the reboot? Yes. Let me put it that way. I watched some, and I was being the hard headed guy when I first watched a few that I was like, this isn't like I remember. And nothing against Jonah. Jonah was, was great. But I, I was missing some of that old... You know, it, it didn't feel quite the same to me. And I, I did a partial boycott for a while. <laughs> because, like I said, you know, I want, I want the, some of the old crew back. But, I mean, I did... I watched a, a couple episodes. I think I watched Reptilicus. And... What was it? I watched Mackie. Yeah, Mackie and So, that was the second second season. Yeah. Is that yeah. Awesome yeah. that they so. I've came to terms. I'm ready to give it a second shot now. <laughs> so, uh, 
Paul Rudd being interviewed on Conan O'Brien and no mech. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Justin, why don't you explain that for people who don't get that joke? Because to us, that's really funny. So Mac and me, uh, there's this boy in a wheelchair and alien and you know, all this stuff goes on. It's fun. Um, but there's a scene where this boy in the wheelchair is going down a hill. And uh, that's how we say hill in Oklahoma. Hill. <laughs> down the hill. Down by the creek. And uh, in this basically goes off this big cliff. This boy, young boy, probably 10 years old, 12 in a wheelchair goes off this cliff and you know invalid into water and all of that and it's you know a scene so paul rudd the first time that he came on to conan o'brien and this has been literally decades ago because that that man never ages somehow no so he goes on to conan o'brien he's like well i've got a clip of my show and so he shows a clip and it's that exact clip um and it just became an on-running joke that every time he would go on Conan would be like, you're, you're not going to show that other movie, right? And he's, no, 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 no. This, my producers have to do it or else I get fined. So this is my movie. Yeah, go ahead and play it. And it would be that same scene. And so they just show that over and over and over again. And it's it's such a classic callback. He's done it like numerous times. Numerous times. I'm sure that's one of the reasons. I'm sure Paul Rudd is one of the reasons why McAmey was chosen for The Gauntlet. Because that is just in you know nerdum history of being one of the funniest scripts, and that's why. I agree. Mac and Me was just like basically, ET was corporate sponsored by was it McDonald's that showed up a lot in it or Coca Cola McDonald's right? I think it's right. Yeah. 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 It was basically yeah McDonald's sponsored ET, and it was so bad. So basically, good. they got all the props from Dollar Tree. Yeah. <laughs> When you order your ET off Wish. Wish. (laughs) That's exactly it. Um, So out of the new episodes, there was Reptilicus was just a classic, and they had Mm -hmm. one of the best songs of all time from that they did on one of the intermission clips. Um, Every Country Has a Monster. And if you haven't heard it, it's on Spotify. It's on um, Amazon Music. Go listen to it. Like... Just give it a shot because it's actually brilliant. They go through all these countries and what their monster is. Mm. And it's just brilliant. And then my mm. favorite episode. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, go ahead. Don't interrupt you. I, I say, uh, no, interrupt any time, dude. That's, there's no point in this show unless we interrupt each other. Yeah, so uh, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do it. One of the beauties of the reboot, the return in the Gauntlets that they did incorporate a lot of music and they incorporated a lot of celebs in it and so in the gauntlet my favorite one was avalanche uh it it was actually you know a 70s movie with people that you recognize oh that's a star and it's you know an awful movie but they had mph who is just a god lowercase g um come in and sing with felicia day uh this song and uh the on on love is our, our our love is on wings there you go um and so it's all based on the subplot. It's not based on anything in the movie. It's only based on the subplot of Felicia Day meets a guy online and they're trying to, uh, she's uh, trying to decide to meet and she meets him. It's Neil Patrick Harris. And, but then he's like, well, we can't meet because um, you know, I, I just love you too much. So we can't meet. And like, <laughs> the ghost in there. So, uh, but that's, I think, one thing that the new ones have that I think is really interesting is that musical aspect. They bring in quite a yeah. bit of, of music. Uh, 
I personally would like to see Patton Oswalt utilized more uh, because mm -hmm. anything short of his Star Wars filibuster on Parks and Rec is him not being used enough. Um, and so I agree. That's I agree. I think I would like to see uh, if they do continue. It was canceled, but there's rumors and, and things like that that Chris is probably going to talk about. But uh, if they if he does come back to play the son of TV Sprank or the TV son of TV Sprank, um, then hopefully they give him a bigger role in that. I would agree because I love Patton and he's just 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 everything about Patton, and he was underused in the show. He really was. Um. My favorite episode out of all of the new reboots is Cry Wilderness, though. That is the one with the really, really questionable Bigfoot costume. I think I did watch that one. No, that that is up. one of the best. I think that was done in the 80s, but it is just that is probably one of the funniest ones, like pee in your pants funny that I've ever seen. So Cry Wilderness, it's on Netflix. Go watch it. You will die. And then um, the other one I really liked from the reboot or the return was um, Star Crash, which was the Star Wars knockoff with the guy with the perm. And like the, the Princess Leia who wore like the little itty bitty costume the whole time. And it's just like, what what is what am I watching here? But it was gold. And then actually the last episode of that was Wizards of the Lost Kingdom, which Honestly, I tried for years to find that one anyway, because I remember my grandmother recorded that off HBO on VHS, and I used to watch it all the time. And then they riffed this, and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this, because I really love this movie, but it's so bad. <laughs> it's so incredibly bad. So did you find that that like, hurt the nostalgia, or did that only increase, or after you watched it, what did you think? It kind of hurt the nostalgia a little bit oh. just because, well, it's not because, you know, when you're younger, you have this idea of what it is and how funny it was and how great it was. And you search and I think it's because I literally searched for years and years and years to find this on DVD or Blu-ray, but there was no one had it because they couldn't secure the rights to it. And then I watch it again and it's just like, it's, it's not as good as I remember. That's what I'm watching tonight now. Just Which to, one? Wizards of the Lost Kingdom. Mm -hmm. One, in, I think one and two is on there. So I may just, I may roll those both tonight. Yeah, uh, if they riff the Last Starfighter, I will never watch it because you yep, know, yeah. my movie when I was little, and I don't, I don't think I could sit through and not cry if they make fun of that movie. If that, I, yeah, I would agree. No more Death Blossom. <laughs> I know the. The never, it was never on Mystery Science Theater, but was there ever a, you know, since we're on that tangent now, um, a riff tracks of Rad done? Because Ooh. it's 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 no it's because prime. The, it's prime no because they just and we will be doing an episode on Rad because I love Rad so much and I'm making Kyle watch it. I made him watch it and he riffed on it, so I'm making him rewatch it. So nice. he loves it as much as I do, because. What was it you said that just killed me about Aunt Oh, Becky? so, I mean, the this whole time... This is brilliant. You know, if we're, we're slightly off track, but you know what? Screw it, we're here. So, I mean, the the whole... One of the, the subplots of it was, you know, Crew's mom, who was, you know, the same age as Crew, was really wanting him to go to college. And she was like, he was going to miss his makeup SAT to go ride on Hell Track and this big thing and 
Lori Loughlin was his girlfriend that they fell in love after like 18 hours or something. Young Aunt Becky. Young Aunt Becky. And, and you know, she's like, you need to, you know, his mom's like, you need to go to college. And I'm thinking like, you've got the perfect girlfriend to help you get into college <laughs> right now. Like, Lori Loughlin will get you into college. He said that and I just, I started crying. I was laughing so hard. I'm like, I never even put that together. Yeah, I'm going to run that joke into the ground every episode. That's my one well, good one. You do that. <laughs> you do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so it's rad would be prime. I admit that, but I love that movie so much. We'll go into that in another time. And what, how many copies be, I own of it. What would be one that you would like to see done that hasn't been done or hasn't been done at least to your oh. knowledge? That's a tough one. And I'm, I'm going to say in Mystery Science Theater format because there's just something about having the silhouettes down there that just make it right. that much better. Because, okay, if you specify like that, because Riff Tracks has done literally thousands of movies. Right. And so that means they've already been done. But if you're talking Mystery Science Theater format, like, I think yeah. I think Green Lantern would be up there for me. That'd be a good one. I was thinking it would be fun to have like a good movie that's funny and then have it put up. So I'd say like MacGruber or something like that to where <laughs> and then they add another level to it. And I'm just like losing my mind and can't breathe. I'm laughing so hard. So I think that would be kind of cool to do. I think it'd be cool to see something like really serious done. Like, I mean, like Academy Award winning just accolades out the ass. Like, like Schindler's List? I would say crash. I mean, that is <laughs> really. <laughs> you want to see? No, well, I don't. But I you was were, thinking you, like you said Academy like Award winning. Like Titanic would be great. But you're like Schindler's List. Let's go down that rabbit hole. The, the, <laughs> best, the best Marigold Hotel. I don't uh, know. I mean, that, that's something you riff in the privacy of your own home, Chris. <laughs> to be okay. To specify, we don't actually riff on Schindler's List. We don't condone that. We don't. We Chris do. apparently does. Apparently I do. But I'm just saying this. Bags are sponsored for today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need one. <laughs> going on the street. So, no, I do not yeah. condone this. But you said Academy Award winning. That's just where you're mind. I was thinking, yeah, Titanic. I think Titanic would be great to get the treatment. Have, speaking of Titanic, have you seen the uh, YouTube video about Titanic where they start playing the, my heart will go on with like recorders. Like you'd have like an elementary, just mm-hmm. the bad one. Mm-hmm. If you haven't go watch that, you will die. I think episode I, one would be a good one too. I usually die anyway when I watch. <laughs> so yeah, a little bit inside. Yeah. Are you talking star yeah. Wars episode one? Yeah, I, I think, I think star Wars episode one would be a, a prime. Phantom Menace, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my answer now. That's that's where I'd go with it. I, I want to see what they would do to Jar Jar. That's all. Like, just give it to him. Give him. With give Jar- him all of Jar Jar, and when he goes and talks to uh, Mitch McConnell in it, Boss Nass. Give it all. Give it. Give it the full treatment. That we need a petition for that. Let's get a Kickstarter going. So surely we can secure the rights to get that done somehow. Are you listening to us? Probably not, but we're going to tell you you are. Yeah. I'm wondering, but yeah, the rise of Skywalker. I said the last Skywalker. I meant the rise of Skywalker. 
they should do that one too because that that would be a good one bastardizes <laughs> I'm, I'm looking i'm looking over at my stack too like what else would be good evil dead the, the first original evil dead would be great awesome. that would be phenomenal actually that or just anything with bruce campbell evil dead bubba hotep it doesn't matter anything with bruce campbell would be no perfect. not bubba hotep bubba hotep's amazing that's a national treasure. You don't talk about Bubba Bruce Hotep. Campbell is a national treasure. He is. Yes. Something like Gremlins. I think if they just had a whole... Eight oh, yeah. I didn't even think about Gremlins. <laughs> I'm looking at my list. I'm seeing shit like, okay, uh, Bambi. No. Maybe. <laughs> but... <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, but I don't think... Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with what I got. Oh. <laughs> I'll go with what, I'll go with those. Now, damn it, now I'm looking at these. <laughs> what do we got that we could... And, of course, the first one I'm looking at right here is Beavis and Butthead. No, 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 not that yeah, one. I got that in my stack, too. <laughs> Weird science. Oh, yeah. Any Tarantino movie? Kill Bill. <laughs> throw a, a dart at anything that happened in the 80s, anything produced in the 80s. Mm -hmm. and over the top. Over the top would be great. Oh, over the top. Cobra. That works. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I still move my thumb. If I'm doing something, I'll write, and then I'll just move my thumb. and I'll Thumb write. to do it. <laughs> I can't see. Watch, watch over the top if you don't know what we're talking about. Uh, yeah. Um, so... Season one versus the first season versus the gauntlet, which Kyle, you haven't watched both all the way through. Justin, no. have you watched both all the way through? Yes. Okay. Which one would you go with? I think just for sheer numbers, I would go with uh, the return because the mm -hmm. gauntlet didn't have as many. Right. But Mac and me being the first one in the gauntlet, man, it that makes it almost evens out everything. So, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the return just out of sheer numbers because. I'll I'll watch anything and everything that's in this T three K. I will too, and I'll I'll say the exact same reasoning, the exact same reasoning. Um, our next point: Did they cancel too early? Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Which I don't. I don't understand. Well, and I <laughs> I don't understand why Netflix does that. Why they cancel stuff like the good stuff that's too early, but they do. Well, Comedy and Central did the same thing. And so did sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. Comedy Central is notorious for it. I mean, like Futurama. Yeah. yeah. That's a whole nother thing. You don't get me going on that. We're doing a Futurama episode too, and that's going to be multiple parts because it's just so massive. <clears throat> um, so now there's a new reboot of Mystery Science Theater. I actually got to see Joel. I've got video of Joel. It was on his birthday when he was in... I think it was, was it Midwest City? I think it was Midwest City. We drove down, you know, two hours to go see it live. It was the last of the live shows. Um, and my buddy Arthur actually, um, you know, Lowenkamp, <clears throat> he actually texted me. He goes, hey, you remember that time we were laughing in the theater with like spit out loud laughter with tons of people a long time ago? And that was like a year ago. That was literally a year ago. Um, there was a time before the 2020s, before the crystal cracked, um, when we could all laugh together mm -hmm. and be sit right next to each other. But they rebooted again, and the new host's name is Emily. She is um, the first female host of Mystery Science Theater. 
and she's really good. And they actually have, um, I can't remember her name, but she's pulling double duty in it. It's, she's the, she's Pearl's clone. Oh, that's, um, uh, I saw that just a from ago. the gauntlet. Um, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she's really good too. And she's Cynthia. Cynthia, she is a tall lady because she picked Emily up with one hand on during the live show and walked off with her, just one armed. And I'm just sitting here going, <laughs> so it's. I'm really excited to see where they're going to take the show because they also have Gypsy 2.0 on there, which she's smaller and a lot more. Um, she's able to do a lot more. So she's not just that giant styrofoam head where they just move her. Yep. Like if you're watching, that's Gypsy where they just move her mouth. Hopefully she gets more sassy too. Gypsy yeah, she does. Oh, 100%. Good. <clears throat> so let's go. I'm going to change the order on this right now. Um, there was offshoots of Mystery Science Theater. There was Cinematic Titanic which the girls and Joel did. Um, it was the exact same format. It was just called Cinematic Titanic. The Mads have their own episodes, um, which they do. Um, they still do live. Uh, they just had one. It was 10 bucks online. They're getting ready to do another one next month, too. So if you like the Mads, check those out. What were the other ones that you guys know of? Well, are you counting riff tracks with that, too? Absolutely. So yeah, the, the riff tracks definitely, and there was a time whenever actually Joel was doing one and Mike was doing one, Mike Nelson was doing, and they were almost competing. Um, if I remember right, it was like the early 2010s in that range. Um, and then, but now aren't they, haven't they um, reconciled? Reconciled, and now they're they're working together again. Mm -hmm. And it all came down to. That's what I read, at least. Fees and and you know money, of course, and all of that. But Rift Tracks mm -hmm. is also pretty good. And and if you have Amazon Prime, there's a ton of them on Amazon Prime. You can just watch one after the other. Um, so that one's also really good. So Rift Tracks is Mike Nelson, uh, Bill Corbett, and uh, Kevin Murphy. Mm -hmm. Um, they're all doing it. Like their live shows are just amazing. Justin and I have seen each other at a couple live shows. Um, and they're just phenomenal. Like they've riffed, um, like I said, time chasers, they've riffed, um, Manos, the hands of fate. They've done, you name it, they've done it. Um, it, they're just a lot of fun. You used to have to, they had this app where you, it would, um, link up with the movie. And that's how, um, my wife and I watched the room. If you haven't watched the room rift, you need to, that is probably one of the best ones. I also watched, um, have you guys seen Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunny? Yes. That's on Prime. You need to watch that one. It is a foreign film. You know, that seems to be a big tie-in half the time. Um, but Santa Claus gets stuck on the beach and... They actually changed what the short was or the mini movie within the movie for Rift Tracks, which the one I saw was Jack and the Beanstalk. Um, but it is just awful. It was at this filmed at this old amusement park, I guess that's no longer around. And like there was like standing water everywhere in it. It was it was awful. 
but Santa Claus versus the ice cream bunny was good. And that guy who directed that also did another one. Um, it was like a wizard of Oz parody and riff tracks did a parody of that one. And that is like one of a couple of the jokes are some of the most adult jokes I've ever heard riff tracks do, but it is great. If you all haven't seen that one, go see the, or watch the, um, the wizard of Oz one. You had me thinking it, it finally clicked with me a movie that I thought would have been great for them to do. And it looks like they did do, there was a riff tracks version of it. It was called night of the Lepus or Lepus, 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 whatever Latin for rabbit is. And basically it's like these killer flesh eating rabbits take over a town and start killing everybody. And the costumes are horrible. There's like, it's obviously a dude in a bunny suit, like jumping on people and stuff. Like, man, that would be a great. And they did. There's Rift Tracks version out there. So I'm going to add Is it really? Of, I'm going to have to add, I'm going to have to um, watch that now. The movie's terribly awesome by itself, but with I, now <laughs> I have to watch this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's those shows right there. And then that's kind of the, our life after cancellation on, what their cast has been doing. Um, they've done a couple um, GoFundMes, or they usually do GoFundMes to raise money, and they usually always meet and exceed it um, just because it's it's a great time. Um, even if you're not into this sort of thing, you know, that's ho- kind of the whole point of this podcast is to introduce you to stuff you didn't know about. Challenge yourself. Go out, you know, rent it. See if you like it. You might surprise yourself. Um, yeah, watch it on Pluto for free. Watch it on Pluto for go to Do Twitch. Watch it for free. And it's yep. not all like sci-fi. If you love romance, there's some romance. Watch Todd. Mm-hmm. Uh if I, you love- I think there's a little bit of romance in every movie, actually. If you, if you look hard enough, if you listen to your heart, there's uh, romance in every episode. Romance and Maximum, <laughs> uh, because I would uh that disturbs me. Uh but the <laughs> it's really interesting that, that they all go through a a bunch of different genres. So, so yeah, like what Chris is saying, definitely if, if it's something that seems like this might be something I like, but I don't like space movies. Well, there's just a few space movies. There's so many other genres out there that it's really worth checking out Rift Tracks, MST3K, all of these different ones um, and seeing them. And, and honestly, everyone that I've shown different movies to that I think that they'll like, the, even the, you know, the bad ones, there's parts of it that are like, okay, this is actually pretty funny. Um, and so it's very rare to find someone that doesn't like any of the riff tracks, the MST3K, any of the mad stuff, uh, because it is just so well written, so funny. Mm-hmm. I stand behind that statement. Um, so if you guys had to pick your top three episodes of Mystery Science Theater, this is Mystery Science Theater because we're talking about MST3K, not riff tracks or any of those. What would your top three episodes be? Um, man, I'm I'm gonna go with I've got a tie for third, <clears throat> um, but I'm I'm going with the Space Mutiny, Master Ninja, and my ties between Overdrawn's and Memory Bank and Final Sacrifice. I Ooh. think I I think I like Final Sacrifice better. I think it's funnier, uh, but I also like Overdrawn at the memory bank because it has Raul Julia in it. Master Ninja has, you know, Lee Van Cleef and Demi Moore. And so you got some star power there. And, uh, but 
I think I think I'm going Space Mutiny, Master Ninja, and Final Sacrifice. Um, Final Sacrifice, just because I have some really good memories of watching that one several times over and over with one of my friends, and it's one of those that we still quote back and forth to each other. All right, Justin. Uh, you know, when someone asks you what your favorite book is, you never say the Bible because it's just like, okay, well, yeah, we know it's that. So what? Right, you, right. Yeah, right. So things like Menos, Hands of Fate, Space Mutiny, you know, there's certain ones that are just like classic. So I'm going to go try to go for a couple that are a little less, less known, I guess, or that I thought maybe you guys would mention. And I actually mentioned them a little bit earlier, but, um, you know, Pod People, Touch of Satan, mm-hmm. um, Time Chasers, Mitchell, I think is by far my number one. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, I would say if anyone was making a list, listening to this and making a list from our top threes, mine would probably be Pod People, Touch of Satan, and probably Mitchell. Nice. <clears throat> so, just a little bit of touch. It's just a little touch. Um, so my number three would be Mr. B Natural. He's the clearest B you've ever seen. <laughs> Whatever it is, I f that up but it's still a great episode um it's about the love of a of a girl boy i believe that they said and uh sneaking into the room of a young teenage boy teaching him how to play the trumpet and his name was buzz and one of my favorite lines from that was you know that day after school the midvale police find out why they call him buzz and I love Mr. B Natural. I would say number two would be Space Mutiny for me. And then number one would be Mitchell. Just because I love those. Like those are the ones I can always go back to and watch over and over and over again. You just with especially with Mystery Science Theater, you have those certain episodes that, you know, yeah, there it was good. I can watch it once. Like Samson versus the vampire women. Mm, I can watch that, you know. Once a and year, girl the gold boots, and... girl the gold boot, yeah. Um, side hackers, mm-hmm. I could I could do without side hackers, but then some. It's like okay, I could literally watch every week. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, that's uh, how I was with Space Mutiny. I used to go back once a month. Like that's my comfort food. I'm like it, I'm, I'm having a bad day, what? I'm going to watch Space Mutiny, and now I have a great day. You know that's 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 mine. I get the same feeling. So. Um, and Justin, if you didn't, I don't know if uh, you remember from the first episode, but <clears throat> one of our goals is to try and get Reb Brown on this show. Right. So we really, really want to get Reb Brown on here. Nice. I didn't know until you told me that him and Sissy, what's her last Doctor name? Lady. Lady, Doctor Lady, were like Doctor. married in real life, and she's uh-huh. younger than him. Yep. Really? Yep. Yeah. Does she still just wear the short skirts and all that? Or God, I hope so. I'm just <laughs> itchy, itchy, itchy. Pantyhose, pantyhose, itchy. itchy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So that's one of our goals is try and get him on the show. Um, I mean, if we can't get him, maybe we can get Officer Armadillo trousers in. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, Calgon, take me away. <laughs> okay, so. You don't have to do three, but if you have top three quotes from Mystery Science Theater, what would they be? If you only have one, just do one. But what would your 
what would your top thing be? Quote. Hmm. Well, I, I mentioned one already with the it stinks. It stinks. Uh, <laughs> from, from pod people. So I'm gonna put that down as a one. Uh, I I literally could for the next hour and a half just quote all of Mitchell. Um, mm-hmm. But two of my favorites from that were um, the Greta, the love interest, which is sickening enough, of um, Joe Don Baker, that he had a love interest at all. Um, she's mad at him, so she writes jerk on his, <laughs> his car. <laughs> and it like pans over and he sees her, and Crow says, word on the street is, you're a jerk. <laughs> killed me killed me so um and then the other is um mitchell re-breaking into a house that has a, a door with a window pane on it and yeah he broke in with a glass and the second time they just put a lemon, aluminum foil over it yes fists go through it and then and uh, uh servo says um liquid metal uh, no it's a rental draft keeps freshness in can't keep can't mitchell. keep mitchell out yeah <laughs> uh, but i think um space mutiny of course was great but i think instead of having just one specific quote mm-hmm. um, i went through and found all of the different alternate names they had you for, found the list for found, dave Ryder. yep found the list and so for those that that haven't seen it uh you know there's this picture uh dolph lundgren but in uh, even worse actor you know, big, blonde, hairy guy that's uh, just awful acting. So they go through and they give all these different names to him. It so- screams like a little girl, like really. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I won't read them all because there is a ton, but things like Slap Bulkhead, Fridge Large Meat, Butch Deadlift, Dirt Big McClark Huge, Rip Steak Face, Blast Hard Cheese, Fist Rock Bone, Stump Beef Knob. I mean, there's... <laughs> Bob Johnson. Bob Johnson. <laughs> they have 40 different throughout the entire movie. Every time he would come on the screen, they would have a different name for him. And it just, again, the on-running joke just killed me. So those would probably be mine. Okay. Well, uh, one of mine is actually, it's also from Space Mutiny. And it's when Calgon is talking to McPherson. And it was like right after the shuttle landed and everything blew up, and they're talking about how it like all went down, and uh, um, how they were lucky, they like like they got the spaceship and it took out the the winch system, I think, for the docking bay. And uh, he was like, he's like, you should have seen it, and it was like two for one, and then uh, you just hear we had a coupon. It kills me <laughs> every time. Uh, probably that, and then. Um, on final sacrifice, uh, I'm going to misquote it a little bit, but it's when, uh, I think they were talking to the kid or no, they're reading the screen and like, mom, one more sacrifice. Well, okay. But this is the final one. <laughs> <laughs> and just so, anytime they would say roused hour and just read his name off. In the way they said it. So. One of mine would be from the day the earth froze with the Sampo. Sampo. Um, it's when he was rowing in his canoe and they go, oh, n- nice canoe. What's it made out of wood? Um, 
<laughs> that one kills me every time. Another one is from Space Mutiny. Um, when Dave Ryder is jumping down in the big fight scene and he screams for the second time like a little <laughs> girl. And the first time they go, what was that? And then he goes, ah! and then they go, my purse. <laughs> and I don't know why that kills me. And then probably some of and Mitchell is just so quotable. Like a couple of my favorites are when he shot the guy on the golf course and they go, he fell just shy of the green. Or um, <laughs> when the guy who looks like Andy Kaufman and they keep going, you're so stupid. You're so stupid. Thank you very much. Like the uh, his character from Taxi, that always kills me every single time, too. So those are probably my three. Like It's hard to say just three, but since I'm forcing everyone to pick three, that's what we're doing. So you have literally heard us rambling on for well over an hour. I don't know how far. How far are we? We are about the uh, hour 45 minute mark. Oh, so good. We're, we're thanks for good. making it this long. Um, thanks for sticking with us. Now is one of our favorite times on the show. It is the called. End. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> the end. <laughs> You're canceled. Uh, um, we call it Nerdrome. Two nerds enter, one nerd leaves. How, how's my nerd drums? Oh, and then uh, the other nerd leaves, but he's sad because <laughs> he messed he lost it up. It. I got sidetracked. Well, I was like, I was when you when we brought the nerd drum again. I was wanting to see where I, where my standing is from episode one, and I'm winning by one vote right now. Are you really? Yeah, yeah. How Zoidberg for one vote. Zoidberg. I'm gonna take a drink. It's three to two. Zoidberg right now. So is it really? Uh, Zoidberg doesn't have any hands. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The How's people it gonna make a cake? The people have spoken. Three to two Zoidberg. If so. you voted for Zoidberg, you are wrong. I'm sorry. I voted for Zoidberg. I voted for myself. I'm That's why you voted. I didn't vote for I'm gonna go vote later. <laughs> I was keeping it fair. <laughs> That's totally fair. Okay. So this is where we have a list of random characters, random locations, and random scenarios. Um in the battle, we don't know any of the information except for what we put in the generator. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're taking it a little step beyond uh, your typical, you know, who's going to kick whose ass uh, uh, battle. And and uh, we're really going to tap into our knowledge. We, we have roughly, I think, 80 characters, 80 combatants from pop and nerd culture. Um, I think we're both fairly confident with about 85% of the characters we put on the list. So there's some that we may pull a little bit out of our ass. It's totally fine. But we try to make an argument over uh, why our uh, random selection will win at this selected ac selected activity, and then afterwards we'll have a uh, poll out once the episode goes live, and you guys can vote on that in the Discord and uh, let us know who you think won. So, and it's this time we're adding yeah we're adding in a third for this one is Justin is going to participate. So whenever I'm doing we 1v1 have a guest, v1? yep. Whenever we have a guest. We're gonna let them play. All right. Unless they I'm stop, guessing you didn't. You I'm guessing you didn't tell him this information. No, I didn't. No, this, is why I, this is why. Yeah, this is why it's gonna be fun. All right. <laughs> Excuse me. The, uh, okay. The, for you guys to warm up on. Okay, so you guys can see my screen. Yes. Yep. And all right, so Justin is the guest, so he gets the first spin. 
All right, and so remind me. <laughs> oh, uh, Zoidberg is the popular one. Zoidberg is the popular one. That's all right. Really? Are we leaving Zoidberg? I would say since you guys voted on him last week and talked about him last week. Well, well, we'll do it again. How oh. about that? So, what are the odds? Give a minute speech about. Okay, hold on. Let me. Wow. Yeah, that is. Uh, let's shuffle that. It was Zoidberg again. <laughs> Damn it. Justin gets Ash Williams. Ash Williams is our titular hero of the Evil Dead series. All right. And so uh, so remind me what I'm doing after we will. Uh, we, we all get a character and okay. then we'll go into the next wheel. That'll pick the location. OK. And then we'll go to the next wheel, which will pick the activity that they're doing. Oh, man, I feel really. Ash Williams. Okay. And here, here's here's the thing. The reason we did it this way is because it doesn't give an advantage to anyone. They could be baking a cake. <laughs> they could be shining shoes. Okay. So underwater the, basket weaving. Underwater. That, that's it. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's an option on here. So, and what makes it fun is you don't get any time to think about it. It's literally we're spinning, then you go. Okay. Okay. So Kyle, since you're ahead three to two, you're next. Okay. Three to two. Oh. Leia Organa or Princess can, Leia. I can run with this. A little known fact, he is wearing the Princess Leia bikini from Return of the Jedi right now underneath his shirt. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's show hot. night. I've got to. It's show night. It's because of homage to a Friends episode, not to actual Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should. I'm just glad I, I got somebody I know. Darth Vader. Oh. Oh. This may or may not work in my advantage, especially if it's like underwater basket weaving. <laughs> okay. We all got our we all got who we have. Now let's pick the location. Is the Great Pyramid? Hmm. Feel Ash is getting a slight advantage here for some reason. I completely feel Ash is getting the advantage on this one. Oh, now you're me up. Now this is the big one. This, this is, is the, the activity. Professional wrestling. Oh my God. I got this. Uh, okay, so we have Darth Vader versus Princess Leia versus Ash in the Great Pyramids. Professional wrestling. Are we doing this Royal Rumble style? Where are we? We're doing. Doing this Royal Rumble style. Okay. Let's see. So you go ahead. You lead off there, Chris. Okay, I lead off. Just a little time, a little bit of time to think. So Darth Vader first touches down on the request by the request of the Emperor. He says you need to go to planet Aarth and go to this big pyramid. They don't know what it's called. Arth. They don't know what it's called. Oh my god. Okay. Hey, you know what? This is my no. story. No, this is We're your story. With Go it. ahead. Go with it. He arrives out, the stormtroopers uh come out, and you know, you hear the <sighs> he has to walk out. 
that alone is going to give him an advantage because he's not going to have to breathe as heavy. He has oxygen constantly coming into his body, which are supercharging his muscles. He is going to be able to do the professional wrestling. Number one, Leia's his daughter. He mm-hmm. can just demolish her with the force or picking her up. He's shown that he has extremely um, enhanced strength, whether that be from the body armor or by using the force. And Vader was a big man to begin with. Anakin was a big guy. He was very muscular to begin with. As you guys can tell, I'm completely pulling this out of my ass because I actually don't think Vader would win a professional wrestling match. Um, He has the body armor. So anything you guys, you try and hit him with a chair. You try and hit him you know, uh, do a pile driver on him. He has a helmet already. That's not going to hurt his head. That's going to protect him from concussions. He's going to be able to throw any, any person up against the rope. Like Ash. Ash has only got one hand, that one handed bastard. If he had his hand, he'd pull it off. He could use the force to choke Ash with his own hand. Yeah. That's kind of his thing. He could use it to choke Ash himself. What's Leia going to do? She's going to, Oh, Vader's going to throw her in the air. And then what's she going to do like in The Last Jedi? Oh, what's she going to do? She's going to do that amazing Superman thing where she flies out and back into the ring. I don't think so. That's not what Leia is. Leia was a princess. She was a diplomat. She's going to try and talk her way out of this. She won't talk her way out of this. Ash is only good against the undead. Ash won't be able to face the menace of space. The guy who is a Darth Lord, he is a Sith master. He's a he's Sith kind master. of he's kind of undead in a sense, though. Like he's you know what? That's for Ash. That's for Ash. I'm just I'm yeah. That is for Ash. You just gave Ash a free one. That's fine. I've got this in the bag. <laughs> so that's why I think Vader would win. Kyle. Okay. So, first off, huge advantage against her two opponents. Leia has both of her hands, both of her human hands, right? Leia is adapt to sand. I mean, we're at the Great Pyramids. We're you know talking Egypt. It's sandy. She's she's already fought in that type of environment. She's already been there. She has the attire with the bikini, which is going to be a detriment to Ash. He's going to be too distracted by her beauty to be able to do anything. Vader is not going to want to strike his own daughter. He's not going to want to do that. He's not going to want to fight his own daughter. She's going to have the daddy leverage there. And so I think, one, adaptness to the environment. Two, increased agility due to her attire. Three, the daddy factor. Four, she has both of her hands. So she's going to be able to grapple a whole lot better. Um, and then, yeah, she's uh, she's really going to, I think she's going to you know pull the move off on Ash to where he's not even going to be able to battle. And plus, if we're going around that time, I think, uh, no, I won't go there with it. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'll tell I'll, I'll tell you my thought on that other part after show. I don't want to lose a lot of our audience, but uh, I'll whatever sixty of them. But uh, yeah, I think increased mobility, use of both of her hands, adaptness to the environment, daddy factor, and I mean, yeah, she. I mean, Ash is is semi Han Solo ish, and she was able to break him down pretty easy to, you know, wrap him around her finger. So she'll be able to do the same thing with Ash. Hands down, Victor to the princess. Justin. All right. Well, I appreciate you both making this easy on me. Um, 
that's what we're here to do is going to win hands down so he's driving to the pyramids um the great pyramid uh because um he has just obtained the book of the dead a dead that's how an oklahoma says <laughs> the dead dead necronomicon <laughs> he possessed the book of the dead and he's driving to the great pyramids because he is he hears about uh darth and leia there and he needs to establish his dominance so as he pulls up in his 73 Oldsmobile, uh he he gets out and says you know hey what's up baby you look groovy to haunt to, i'm sorry leia and leia's <laughs> off like she's like swoon panties off we're off it's done so i don't even have to worry about leia because like you said he's a han solo type and so she just wants to touch a boomstick, if you know what we're talking about. So, <laughs> yeah. Groovy. Peter and says, I can handle this because I have the Book of the Dead, and I'm able to have all of these, you know, you have the Force, whatever, I got the Book of the Dead. So he would be able to overcome anything with a Force, shield it, and then also hurt Vader uh, with the Book of the Dead. And, of course, he you now uses um, his boomstick to take out a few of the legs, I'm sure, um, and as he's taking out the legs, he's going to just rub it in his face and say, you were my brother! Um, and finish it off with um, Hail to the King, baby, and just be done with it. Who wins? Okay, so we're going to put that poll out in the Discord. If you guys are not a member, we'll have uh, links where you can find those. Join the Discord. Agree to the rules so you can participate in the fun activities that we have going there. And vote for Princess Leia as the victor. Um, we'll have that up as soon as the the episode him, is gone. I really don't, don't think we have anything else to you. say after that. Really, honestly. I think that really kind of wraps that part up. Yeah, don't, don't, don't let him bully you. Okay. <laughs> Kyle, what are you reading or watching this week? Um, I am still... The perennial working through Cowboy Bebop. I did watch uh, both episodes of uh, WandaVision, which we'll be talking about soon. Um, reading, I'm absolutely reading nothing right now. Um, I I think uh, this following week I'm going to pick, pick one up. or the other. Yeah, well, you're giving me so much damn homework, dude. I'm like, I'm just there's so much stuff to do. Um, I'll probably be uh, probably pick up uh, Lock and Key Volume One and reread read through that. Yeah, nice. so I can get the rest of the uh, volumes and and dive back in the. T- but I also got my uh, uh, Compendium One and Two of The Walking Dead back from my nephews that I let borrow, and I think those go through issue like one oh one or one ten, and mm-hmm. so I'm I'm really tempted to uh, reread those again. So there's a lot of stuff out there. Justin, what are you watching or reading this week? Uh, as far as reading. Um... I haven't. I, I mentioned a little earlier. I'm teaching Watchmen in my intro to this, and so it's been it's been a couple years since I really uh, dived into that. So, um, and watching the HBO series, which is excellent, of the Watchmen, uh, set in Tulsa, um, it really renewed my my want to read it, and and then also everything going on in the world politically and everything else. Well, I'm not just necessarily the world. Everything going on in the U.S. Uh, politically for the last several years plays perfectly into uh, the Watchmen. So if you haven't read the Watchmen, not not the Zack Snyder movie, it's okay. But the actual uh, graphic novel, you'll see many of the uh, 
things that are happening in the 80s and what he perceived to happen that actually, you know, four years later definitely did. Um, as far as what I'm watching, uh, kind of a guilty pleasure. Um, whenever I've gone through and watched everything that's new and I'm just like, uh, two of my favorites to go back is, uh, one is Young Justice. It's a uh, yes. DC cartoon that's on uh, HBO Max. Um, and with season three, it was new on DC Universe and it is so, so good. R.I.P. Yeah, I know. Um, hopefully they'll bring back, we'll see, uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, but if you liked, you know, um, Justice League, if you liked uh, Super Friends, like back in the day, that was my show way back in the day, then this has a little bit of that nostalgia. You'll see the Justice League, but it's more of the new members coming in. Um, so I would highly recommend doing that because that's, that's kind of my comfort food. That and the other that I've been watching as uh, I've been going back and trying to watch every episode of Next Generation. Um, mm. It's been a while since I've done that. And I'm finding that I just love it more and more the more I watch it. So, um, so yeah, I'm in kind of that nostalgic um, comfort food area of watching things right now. And I couldn't be happier. So, flash fact, they did announce season four of Young Justice this year. I didn't see that. Oh. Yep. So, that will be this year. Um, what I watched this week was WandaVision. Stay tuned. We are going to have a bonus episode after this episode. Not in the same one. It's going to be a separate category. That way it doesn't ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Because there will be spoilers. There will be spoilers and what our predictions will be. But I watched WandaVision and that was just phenomenal it's completely unlike anything else that the mcu's ever done it's the first original content so um on tv so we're watching that and then what i read this week was um my manga was back through shonen so i read you know every single thing that came out this week so one piece was in there so that's what i was reading which made me happy um Justin, one thing we close up the show with is something that I learned this week. It can be anything. It could be the stupidest thing. It can be the coolest thing. It doesn't have to be relevant to anything. So what is something that you learned this week? I learned that uh, Kyle is my brother. In your, so you are now a part of me and I'm a part of you. So I know that's nice. Coming into this, how I feel like you're a kindred spirit. So that's I love that's, this. That's Don't awesome. encourage him. Don't encourage him. No, no, I needed that. I need, <clears throat> I need a little boost today. Like, I think, I think if if we get his hair and and my beard together <laughs> and we just leave, Chris, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Okay, um, sure. Leave scraggly over here. Leave dirty we, over here. I mean, we, j- j- Justin, you want to start your own podcast? Or you, what do you got going on? You want? To- <laughs> <laughs> and thank you all for joining us. <laughs> um, Kyle, what'd you learn this week? I learned uh, doing a little bit of uh, mystery science theater research and going back and and uh, touching up on one of my favorite episodes, uh, which was Master Ninja. In the beginning, they're rolling through and, and talking about you know you, you see the the early credit rolls and who's starring in it. And one of the people um, in Master Ninja is an actor by the name of Clue Gallagher. Okay, so Clue Gallagher is in. Um, Master Ninja. I think he plays a small part. I don't remember exactly who he plays, but he is also an Oklahoma native. Um, cousin to first cousin of Will Rogers and is from my current hometown. So I found that was 
actually really cool. I'd heard the name before, and um, I think I'd heard it around town because I don't live in a, in a very large town. But when I saw that, I was like, ooh, I've heard that name. And I looked it up, and it's like, I'll be damned. That's here. So That's cool. Mm-hmm. What I've learned this week, I have learned that writing talking points for a podcast and trying to figure out how to set up your Twitch stream and just everything that goes with this stuff that we're doing right now is not easy. What you see on YouTube, what you listen to, they make it seem really easy. It's not. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. But it's fun. This kind of stuff is fun to me. So I learned that it's uh, appearances can be deceiving. They make it look really easy, but it's not. Are you going to do a shameless plug for your Twitch channel? Because I think you should. No, not not until I do more than one episode and figure it out how to do it better. Uh, I did stream for the first time last week, and we played In Silence. Um, and I screamed like a little girl, and I may or may not have squeezed a fart out from screaming so loud. It was and I freely admit this. My wife came running from across the house because she thought I hurt. So I either hurt myself or uh, I was really mad at something because I yelled so loud. It That game is just frightening. <laughs> it really is. So I will shamelessly plug it later. So with that, gang, um, thank you for turning in to this extremely long episode of Mystery Science Theater. We'll do more um, based off of episodes and just down the line, but we appreciate you being here. With that, mm-hmm. I'm Chris. I'm Kyle, and and thanks to our guest Justin for taking the time out to sit in and and ramble with us. I had a great time, I had an absolutely so. great time. Thank I, you for joining us, sir. And with that, um, next week's episode will be we will be discussing the Marvel Cinematic Universe of the MCU. So tune in, or you don't have to, but we'd appreciate it if you would. Yeah, that will probably be a multi-parter. There's a lot to cover. Yeah, probably will. So, all right. Well, with that, thank you all very much. Thank you, guys. It could get elevated. Nerd up. It could get elevated. Nerd core used to be just a made-up word. MCs shied away from belief. Rest assured, they sleep hard.